Welcome to Thinking Reimagined. Thinking Reimagined is a unique platform for thoughts provoking intergenerational dialogue in a diverse and inclusive setting with a focus on impactful change in the global workplace and community. Our stakeholders' conversations aim to spark thought, leadership, curiosity, engagement, collaboration, and learning amongst individuals, teams, and beyond. Enjoy, Enjoy this episode. episode and subscribe to Thinking Reimagined on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and other outlets. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Thinking Reimagined podcast. Well, the dynamics of business leadership is fast changing post-COVID. It would seem that the global economic instability is even further worsened by the Russia-Ukraine conflict and other factors. So the entrepreneurs that will survive uh, would just be able to identify the problems, solutions, and opportunities. They must be able to do something about them. Let's talk about brand storytelling and the entrepreneurial spirit. Maybe Zamaka, multi-award winning entrepreneur, Andy Oyegoke, entrepreneur coach and communication expert, Antonella Ragona. Wow, the vivacious strategic marketer and of course, Kevin Conroy, entrepreneur and investment consultant. You all know Dr. Amma. She's a serial entrepreneur, chairing one of the most effective business networking and support group in the country, the British Business Group, and also providing leadership for Live Abundantly, Allied Empowerment, Thinking Reimagined, among others. She and a couple of my panelists today are fresh from the Global Entrepreneurship Week in UK. Perhaps, Dr. Amma, you want to begin by sharing with us the highlights of your engagement. Might be a good way to kickstart this conversation. Well, you know, Nifemi, it's always a pleasure to be here and also, most importantly for me, to be here with this um, group of individuals because I've learned so much from them individually and collectively over the past week that we worked very closely together to make sure that the um, sabotage programs that I attended with Antonella went well. Um, the FITCC uh, Expo, which was um, sponsored by Fidelity Bank in Nigeria, was incredibly successful. And also NatWest had um, an event this past week on global entrepreneurship, um, amongst other things that I did during my time um, home. But what is most important for me is the stories that people tell. And those are the stories that they use to market their businesses. You know, entrepreneurs are disruptors. Entrepreneurs are people who have a vision for something that can be done differently. And that is the key to entrepreneurship, to have a passion, to have a purpose, and to be driven to do it irrespective of the um, adversities that you face. And that's what we're going to hear about today because all of us as entrepreneurs, we can tell lots of stories, but hopefully, um, we are recognized and celebrated for the fact that we think differently, we want things to change, and we're innovative and very creative. So to be an entrepreneur, you have to be curious, but you also have to be creative. It's a natural thing. And I have found that, um, you know, you look at Antonella, she's very good about picking up on the little pieces and heightening people's um, profiles on LinkedIn or whatever social media you're using. I mean, you've seen what's happened with our social media platforms, they've really improved. We look at Andy, who is incredibly unique in the name that he has given his company. How can, how can we help you? I mean, that says a lot. And I find that to be very, um, I mean, I'm curious as to how he came up with that. How can we help you? And then you look at Mavis, who tells and shares passionate stories about the challenges that she's gone through and is being recognized for her work. And now she's a UN ambassador. So this is an incredible group of people. I didn't say anything about Kevin because we lost him, but I know he's coming back. Um, Kevin is uh, the founder of Ature Brewery, a microbrewery in Nigeria, the only one of its sort. And I know it's going to give the big companies a run for their money because he's thinking outside the box. I mean, look at the cans that he's, he's designed. Those kinds of little nuances tell a story. And by the way, Bature, as some of us know, I've come to learn, is a word for foreigner. 
as a household word for foreigner. So he's taken advantage of a, a phrase that represents him to sell entertainment. You know, so people think of Bature as a beer company, but it's really entertainment when you go to Bature. There's an energy that Kevin has managed to bottle. And that's what he's promoting at Bature. So I'm glad that we're here. I've said enough. And I hope that everyone will join in this conversation about the entrepreneurial spirit, but more importantly, the stories that we're telling with our products and the brand that we're creating. So thanks for being here. Let's get to it, ladies and gentlemen. We're live on Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. And we're also going to be hearing from everyone joining us on all of these different platforms in the course of this conversation. The entrepreneurial spirit is that of a pace setter. And Dr. Am established that it's a mindset that embraces innovation, execution, collaboration, and continuous improvement. In fact, someone said it isn't something you're taught. It's something you must develop within yourself. So I'm going to give each panelist one or two minutes to share their stories with us. Um, uh, we can start with Mavis. Mavis gave up a nine-to-five job as a qualified IT consultant and technician to start her own business, and she's today a multi-award-winning serial and social entrepreneur. So I'd like you to just speak to us about how the entrepreneurial spirit has manifested in the work, uh, your experiences, thought, but remember to try to keep it shut. Mavis, let's begin. Yeah. With you. <laughs> Hi, morning, or oh, sorry, afternoon, everyone. Hope you're well. Yep, my name is Mavis Amankwa and I'm a multi-award winning entrepreneur. I've been running business for 22 years. I gave up my job as an IT consultant, paying, being paid very good money to start my own journey of entrepreneurship. As you've mentioned, it has not been easy. It has been very, very tough. Business is a roller coaster. Entrepreneurship is a roller coaster. But I think what I've seen and what I've picked up is I've managed to be able to create jobs to make a change within the British economy by helping them to bring on so many people. Um, just over the last kind of few years, I've taken on hundreds of different staff and a lot of young people as well. And I think to me, that is very important because the next generation is the generation that we need to you know, inspire and we need to keep going. In terms of my journey of the ups and downs of entrepreneurship and running a business, I think, what keeps me going is about being resilient and determination. And also when people say no, when people say to me, no, you can't do it. I say, yes, I can. You know, and I think that's been embedded in me from a very young age. People always say to me, are entrepreneurs made? Are they born or are they made? I think they're both, to be honest. I think my journey started from probably when I was about 12 years old, where my mum would just leave me with my two younger brothers and I just had to look after them. And, you know, every time I was at school, if I wanted to go and play with the children after school with my friends, my mum would always say, remember, you've got to look after your brothers. And I think that really got me into being able to be very organised and to really understand that running a business does involve lots of multitasking and it definitely comes from something that I think I was born with but at the same time my mum just lumbering me with my brothers all the time and I became a mum and an organiser and always had to try and you know get things together even though you know my mum was working hard so I think that for me opened the doors for me to start doing my own thing from the age of about 12 I was working on a market stall by 15 I was had a job and by the time I was 21 I was literally you know organising events so in terms of entrepreneurship, I'll say that there's a few things that I would like to say that to keep going as an entrepreneur, there's five things that I would say that one needs to keep consistently doing. And one is definitely about getting themselves a mentor. I think a lot of times when people run a business, they don't realize the impact and the pressures that people have in business. But when you have a mentor who's been there worn a t-shirt they're able to assist you especially when it's really hard I've had some tough times in business I've lost loads of money I've my colleague died um you know I, I saw my colleague one day uh, you know in the evening and the next minute she had died and I literally had discovered her dead 
and that was like a really kind of really bad turn for me I've had loads of challenges when it comes to contracts I've won contracts lost contracts but that doesn't determine or that doesn't kind of deter me away from business and entrepreneurship so I say it's definitely about getting yourself a mentor also I would say business planning forward planning having a plan and strategy you know things change all the time business trends it changes so a strategy and a business plan is definitely another one and then I'd say the next one will be a cash flow forecast they say cash flow is king and queen and prince and princess without cash flow you cannot move it can actually paralyze you and your business so I'd say that's definitely one number four I would say it's about having fun enjoying what you do because it is tough you know there are lots of sleepless nights and I believe many of you on here can you know um <laughs> can resonate with what I'm saying so it's about having fun with it but also you know getting away from the business and and and, and having fun away from the business as well as in the business and number five I think it's definitely to be working with people who are like-minded like you that run business that understand and they can literally you can work together and build a strong network and build a legacy I think that's really important so those are my kind of tips thank you maybe it's very fantastic everyone on this part decades of experience I know very important to express yourself in a few minutes but try Andy how can we help you really how can we help you First of all, um, Dr. Amber and, 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 and everyone here, I'm, I'm totally honored to be amongst such august individuals. I'm not sure that, um, I'm not sure that I, I, I'm truly here, but thank you very much. Um, how can we help? Um, I suppose the story really starts that everything starts with a, everything starts with a conversation, all right? Um, we work with people we like, we work with people we don't like. The best times are working with people that we like. But ultimately, if we can find a way to approach, most of us go with, this is what I can do for you. But actually, that may not be what people need. So asking the question, how can I help, bridges all the worlds. Because whether you like me or don't like me, if I ask you, how can I help you? And you give me your top five things you need help with, we aid the, com the conversation starts and B, we are now in a, in, 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 in a position that we can actually start trade. We can actually work out that if I can help three out of five things or five out of, of or five things, I'm able to, I'm able to assist you and that relationship dynamic changes, right? So um, how can we help was, was brought in Dubai, I lived in Dubai for nine years. Um, I'd moved out to Dubai um, for love. <laughs> um, and in two weeks, I got a job with the largest media company out there as events director. They published Time Out and Harper's Bazaar and all of the, the top media, so the largest in, in the Middle East. and. It actually happened, it started with a conversation. I, I was talking to the MD randomly. I had no idea who I was talking to, but I was talking to the MD and we're having a conversation. And I proceeded to ask him, so what are your challenges? What, what do you need help with? Um, and he gave me a whole list of things. And I said, well, if you look at it in a different way, there are lots of things you can do. And I won't bore you with, with, with the intricacies, but that led to us sitting down in two weeks and he made me an offer and said, I want you to come and be our events director. So um, about a year later, one of the other directors wanted us to set up something that was a boutique agency because the problem with, 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 with the company was a very big, a big organization. So a lot of easy things took, you know, were, were, were difficult. So they asked me to, to set up a boutique agency and it was birthed on the fact that we, as a boutique agency, communications is, is, is for me, is, is, at a, is, a, is, is at the center of everything. So how do we communicate effectively? And I say that we communicate effectively by being authentic, right? If we can work out even in our anger to communicate our, our true self, we make a connection. Even if you're hearing something you don't want to hear, but it's authentic, 
it resonates with you. So how can we help with what was set up really to, to look at all of the facets of communication on the basic level, communication is send and receive. My favorite saying is, 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 is seek first to understand, to be understood. So if we say that at, at, a, at a basic level, communication is about how do we transmit a message and how is that received? The balance of that information or the most of that information is based on how it's received, not actually what is communicated. So if I'm driving a billboard, you don't want to see too much text because I'm driving, I'm not going to be able to, 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 to receive that message. If I'm in my car listening to radio, it's a different kind of communication. So how can we help, again, put that at the center of it? Because if we work out who we're talking to, then we can work out the best way to communicate. And I think that probably 90% of our problems stem from, I thought you said this, I thought you meant this, right? So when we communicate, we know that communication is all different levels. So as, as, as a boutique agency, we do events. We, we, we of course, organized the, the FITCC um, event, and that was layered. We had to work out the venue. We had to work out the different, the different panelists. We had to work out the different stages. The whole thing had to be put in in a way that it was communicating or people receiving it on multi-layers. Um, I think that as an entrepreneur, I think that, that I think that for me, I think what has held me is, is being open and radical, right? In the COVID times that we're in, we have to be open and we have to be radical in our thinking. I think that history repeats itself because we're, we're almost in a set and entrepreneurs never a set. We have to be creative. We have to, we have to keep pivoting is the word, right? Because you can make all the best plans. The wonderful saying that we plan and God laughs. You can make all the best plans and, and have everything set, but the weather will take it or COVID will happen or Brexit <laughs> will happen or Russia, Ukraine. Um, so being uncomfortable, some of the tips I, I, you know, that, that I live by is one, being open and radical, two, understanding that you've got to get comfortable with the uncomfortable, right? Um, and the uncomfortable is actually where the strength is. So if somebody said to me during FITC, how are you? You must be feeling all the pressure, but you look really calm. And I said, well, the pressure's inside, right? So the pressure is inside and it pulls you out. And, 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 and that's how we grow. Because ultimately, if we're not failing, and that, that's the other tip for anyone that, 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 that wants to jump into, into, into the entrepreneurial world, is failure is your, is your friend. It's your lesson, right? If you, if you are afraid to fail, then you're not doing enough and you're not expanding. So for me, those are the, those are the kind of things I live by. As, as, as an agency, we do everything comes. And my, I'm driven by bringing us together, Meraki tribe, is is about a tribe the old conduit or the old context of the tribe is is everyone doing what they do best no competition but we're all doing what we do best and i and i truly believe that seven and a half billion of us we all have that that thing that we're here to do well once we find that we collaborate and and, and my, my my thing in life is is how can we collaborate more how can we how can we rise by lifting others how can we how can we ensure that when we're communicating, we're communicating authentically, even if it's under an emotion? Uh, That's um, you know, my, I have to say something. You know, um, Andy, I'm so glad you used the word authentic because very often. That's what comes through when you see entrepreneurs who are um, successful. It, it's you can see it, you can feel it. You can sense it when you communicate with them and in their delivery, and you can actually distinguish those that have been, um, I don't want to use the word manipulated, but packaged, that's the word that I need. You know, you can, you can actually see those that have been packaged because it, it's just too perfect to be true. Um, and at the same time, you can see that they've stayed in the bubble, but you're absolutely right um, that when you're an authentic entrepreneur, you, you take all that it comes with you and, and failure. I am so glad you brought up failure. As a matter of fact, when we were at the um, conference the other day, and Mavis, you might remember this, that word came up, failure. And teaching young entrepreneurs, teaching children at a young age, 
to recognize that failure is their friend and failure will actually bring forth some of the lessons that they need to go on to the, to the next round. So I'm so glad you mentioned that because people are so afraid to fail. They're afraid to take a risk. And that's what we do as entrepreneurs. We take risk. I mean, look at Kevin. Kevin, you must tell us your story about how Batura came to be. I mean, you've been in Nigeria for 15 years. I think it's 15. It's actually a little more than 15 now. And the whole idea of um, Baturi Brewery. Share with us. You give me way too much credit. <laughs> it's 12 years, <laughs> not 15 years. Uh, no, great to, to be around uh, such a panel and to hear from some of the stories from the other speakers. Um, where, where to start? I mean, the story is uh, one that's both new and old in many ways. It comes from um, us being really bored of drinking mass-produced lagers and the really, really seeing an emerging scene around the world of popping up great, great businesses um, from Beaver Town Brewery to, to Brewdog Brewery and in the UK to Stone Brewing in the US. Everyone using local ingredients to reinvent this idea of having a locally produced beer of higher quality than the mass-produced stuff. And we were sitting, you know, I was living in Cano at the time, about five years in Cano, kind of looking at uh, all the fruits, flavors, and spices and culture around me and saying, well, you know, there's an opportunity here to, to put that into a bottle or a can. And a few years later, I moved to Abuja and then pursued that initially by doing it in our, in our BQ. So my background was in business advisory, investment advisory, and also project management. Um, and I would continue to do that job, but we were using our, our BQ to try and mix, you know, uh, traditional brewing, craft brewing techniques with local flavors. And during that time, we made a coconut beer, a mango beer, a beer with uh, pepper, with uh, suya pepper. Um, we use a beer with uh, zobo. And then now we use beer predominantly made with sorghum. So um, that was the initial stage. And after only taking about eight hours to make 50 bottles of beer, uh, now we can make about, in the same period of time, we can make around 6,000 on a good day. Um, so we eventually moved the business to, to Lagos in 20, 2020, just during COVID. I mean, we got hit with the COVID experience, but by March 2021, we built Nigeria's first craft independent brewery, inspired by those ideas of the spices, flavors, culture, music, um, fruits and flavors that we see around us. And you'll see that in our range of beers, which are all made fresh on site from our Lagos Lager. Uh, to our black coffee stout using coffee from Taraba, which just won the uh, 2021 best stout in Africa in Cape Town, and also won uh, this year won silver in the World Beer Awards. To our Hamatan Haze, named after the Hamatan season, it's a cloudy style beer. But also in our packaging, we use we work with a lot of um, local artists to design the packaging of our beer so that it reflects, you know, what we see around us. Um, so originally from you know, dreaming about it in 2015 to doing it at home in 2017 and 2018 to taking the risk to investing and bringing it to Lagos in 2020. It's been a long journey, but, you know, we're only one year, just over one and a half years actually old in Lagos. And we still feel like we're very much a startup uh, chasing that dream of uh, getting a, a perfect beer, tasting fantastic in every location, every time for everyone is, is our goal. Wow. Listening to your story makes me thirsty for a two can of <laughs> Yeah, nice cold, cold Lagos Lager for sure. Antonella, so it's an episode of storytelling. I mean, you could you could just feel the story from everyone uh, sharing. Talk to us about. Um, okay, I like to share your story, but I just want to also speak to the fact that a lot is changing with our digital world. Uh, you you literally have to relearn how to communicate or communicate, <laughs> you know, or like the way you were taught growing up. Yeah, no, in fact, it was interesting uh, listening to you guys because from maybe starting at 12, I started at 13. I come from a family of entrepreneurs and my dad's idea of a Saturday was actually to go and work and do something productive. So, and I loved it to be fair. I was a probably weird uh, 13 year old because I actually loved getting into it different businesses and see how they transformed from zero to what they became at the end. And to then uh, what Andy was saying about being uncomfortable and asking people 
um, you know, what do you need? And it actually, and about fears as well, because uh, failure, sorry, because it reminds me of one thing my dad always said from when I was little, um, it actually used to say, take the word failure out of your vocabulary, not because you need to be scared of failure because failure doesn't exist. But he used to say to me, if you put failure in your vocabulary, that's an option. So if you don't have that as an option, all you need to do is just go, 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 go. And if you do happen then to fail, just learn from whatever happened, what mistakes you've made and how you can avoid that in the future. And I always kind of had that at the back of my mind. I mean, I'm lucky that I, from my father to my grandma to my mom, I come from a family of strong, very strong women and strong entrepreneurs. So I've, I, I actually pulled from their experience and I surrounded myself with amazing people like Helen Martin G from Savitas to Dr. Rama. Uh, and those are the people, and I agree with Mavis, you need mentor, you need to look at, um, have people around that you really can be comfortable to ask the tough questions and hear the tough answers. So, you know, my world was turned upside down. I started my business at, I think I was 26 or 27. Uh, I always knew I was going to be, uh, I was going to have a business just didn't know it was quite that young. Uh, I just was fed up of uh, seeing mistakes happening. And um, with everything that's happened, I always tell my client to do what I do. We are going for a massive branding journey at Marketing Nest uh, from, and it's not just the design of it, it's actually from how we talk to how we write the content and how we use social media. We are constantly evolving. And I think COVID has helped teaching people not to be scared of the digital world but that it can actually be a tool to connect people and to work together you can find partners online you can find your suppliers you can find your clients and if you use social media the right way it's not much different than a networking event so you know the digital world at the end of the day is social media it's a social networking platform because you're supposed to socialize and actually network so when you kind of bring it back to basics um it makes it a lot easier to deal with the fear of um, the digital world some people will say to you you need to post billion times a day i usually say to my client your business come first don't panic if you don't post one day please engage because engagement is where you build your relationships with people so if I don't post today you can rest assured I DM'd one of my contacts I liked someone I commented on someone or I may have even referred someone on you know online or offline from seeing a social media post and I think that's more important if we bring go back to almost to the drawing board we're, and it's funny saying that with a digital world because yes we need a digital world but we need to remember how we used to connect with people before the fakeness of uh, Instagram's accounts before the fakeness of that's going on nowadays we used to actually wanting to find out what drives you and one of the things I say to people is when you write your content um, we have this little acronym that we came up with. Uh, we say think up, think of the aim, why are you writing, why are you doing what you're doing. Think of the pain and passion that people are going through. See if you can solve a problem and then ask a question, which is what Andy was saying as well. Um, and, and that's why I actually, you know, was loving everything you were saying, Andy, because I was like, wow, um, you know, it's like you've been listening to me. <laughs> But yeah, there's, uh, um, so I agree with everything that everyone said here today. And well done, Kevin, for your first year, you said, isn't it? Uh, well done on that. And um, yes, it is a roller coaster, massive roller coaster. You go from highs to loving being an entrepreneur to days that you think, am I crazy? Why have I been doing this? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so yes. I'm just curious, how many of us here come from entrepreneurial families? Is everyone from an entrepreneurial family? I am. Andy, are you? Mavis, are you? Wow. Um, are you as well? I'm. Isn't that interesting? I think there's. A, I, I think there's uh, some research to be done here. Is that? Do you have? Is it the exposure to it that encourages you to go ahead and try it and do it? Because you see your family taking risk 
because it is a risk that you're taking uh, when you're starting a new business. I think some people learn from pain and suffering. So even if they're not from an entrepreneurial family, the struggle is what drives them. And I see a lot Mm -hmm. of my clients that they don't come from entrepreneurial family, but they had that struggle. They wanted to get through. And in one sense, my heart goes to them because I'm like, my God, you have so much more strength because in a way I was lucky that I kind of looked at the lessons, you know, from my grandma working till the age of 90 and telling people what to do and never giving up on, uh, you know, doing what she needed to do in an age where women women in Sicily were not even supposed to think aloud, let let alone tell men what to do. to you know meeting people that they had nothing they had no education no money and they actually managed to have successful business so i think they're both equally important uh, and i think the key the common denominator is actually passion which i think for me a, a good a true entrepreneur will have that passion for what they're doing and is what my father always said to me look at your passion and see if you can make a business out of it and uh, I think that's probably you know, the common denominator. Go ahead. Kevin, Go ahead. You, Dr. Amber's question. I think I thought I heard him at a time say that he started working as a child. Where did you pick that up, Kevin? Yeah, I didn't come from an entrepreneurial family, but I guess where I would say that I've seen some similar comments is the, the work ethic and the um, ability to get up and go. So, yeah, I mean, back. I think my apart from the paper round and maybe doing some things for my neighbors when I was younger doing chores and all that kind of stuff um I think my first job was sweeping car parks uh, when I was about 14 so the local supermarket but I think the biggest inspiration and drive for me was probably my mother she's uh she was working at the supermarket and said hey there's a job here you can earn some money extra money go and do it uh and then she kind of worked very hard throughout her life and continues to do so, uh, getting you know steadily promotion through the working ranks. But when she had an opportunity in 1997 to go back and study, she took the opportunity and became a nurse. And, and then now she's was a clinical nurse and then now she does Botox and cosmetic surgery. So makes a, makes a lot more money now than she did back in the day. Um, mm-hmm. But I would say my that side of the family comes from originally farming as well, where you're up early, and you you work hard and I think that's where it comes comes from from myself is that if you're fit and able you're able to go out and earn and if you're able to you know do something you love and then do it you do it in your own business then that gives a drive to to be an entrepreneur yeah yeah this is the thinking reimagine podcast sponsored by allied empowerment Allied Empowerment Consultancy offers leadership and innovation through bespoke human development solutions, brain-based leadership and coaching. Allied Empowerment empowers business leaders, teams and individuals to intentionally accentuate desired outcomes built on trust, curiosity, psychological safety, engagement and communication. Allied Empowerment, thriving in a sustainable and value manner. Maybe you were going to say something. No, I was saying, I think mine's a bit different. I think mine, I think I'm just inspired by my mum. And, you know, my mum was like very hard working. She gave me in 1972. She had a very bad marriage by the time I was one. She like had to flee from domestic violence. And then I had a lot of problems in school being black, you know, in a, in a kind of white area in the early 70s. I was picked on a lot. And then when I was nine, I was abducted by a paedophile. I nearly died. And then when I was about 15, 16, I just had loads of problems because when I was about 12, my hair caught on fire and I had fifth degree burns. So I think it got to a point when I was about 21, 22, where I wasn't sure what I wanted in life anymore because I think I'd been so broken from so much things that had happened to me. But then I found strength and I didn't, ever get help to try and sort out some of my problems and I think I started burying my head in the sand by looking at things like business you know unconsciously if that makes sense because I was trying to get away from all the pain that I'd been through 
as a child and seen, you know, what my mum had been through and my own circumstances, because I didn't get cancelling, you know, in the African family, getting cancelling for problems was not, is something that you don't do. So I think for me, it was a bit different where I was trying to get away from all of that stuff was, was, was something that really helped me. And unconsciously, I kind of got here and where I am today. So it's, it's, it's a bit of both. My mum did run a business. She did have a cake business, but that was like after many years. But I think it was just all those adversities and just having a place to run to as an escape to get away from all of that. And then, you know, I kind of ended up unconsciously being able to get to where I am today, really. Mm. Interesting. Let's attempt to talk about brand storytelling, which I think is what we've done in the first 42. Oh my God, we've done 42 minutes <laughs> in this. Uh, so the, the, the marketplace is more crowded than ever and um, competing for attention is more difficult than it was um, maybe 10 or 15 years ago. As a matter of fact, we were told that there are over 300 million companies in the world. It's why brand storytelling has become a thing as the you know attempt to get attention uh, and for attention becomes stiffer by the day i'm not going to call anyone so just be free to speak at random and while someone is speaking you can raise your hand if you have a thought to share but who would like to talk to us about um, storytelling how it's worked for you and what the listener or the viewer can do differently as a business owner I think uh, one of the things, um, you know, outside of obviously what is done for me, but I think the main focus when you look at storytelling is actually to look at your values and look at your audience values and to showcase those values and represent who you are. And in a way, what I've kind of learned in the last few years of marketing is actually to pick uh, clients that are in line with my values and if I showcase my values, I will attract like per like, basically. Um, and I think in, when you're telling a story, don't be scared to be vulnerable. So we had this idea that a story needs to be all positive and all sweet and loving and happy ending. And uh, um, But sometimes it's actually quite good if you send out a post and say, actually, I'm struggling and this is what I'm I'm dealing with. And it's perfectly okay because I think in a society where everyone is so interested in, in seeing the pretty, sometimes actually breaking away from that norm uh, will enforce your brand. I mean, your brand really is about your clients, is about what, you know, what you're offering, how you're helping people. And I think that's why it's important sometimes to highlight the pain and passion points that people are going through and uh, see how you can help them, but also bring a bit of reality back to the to the system where you actually tell them really um you know that it's, it's okay not to be perfect all the time and it's okay to make mistakes you know i have to agree with you on that and i think of storytelling is um is the hook it, it is it is what connects us with the other person so that there is an engagement and, um, you know, for example, for us at um, Think and Reimagine, the platform that we're on currently, I think that it, it, it's changing, it's evolving all the time. When we started, um, my goodness, it's almost two years, it'll be two years in January, 1st of January will be two years for us that we started Think and Reimagined. What we did in the beginning was can my previous interviews for about a year or a year and a half partly because I was trying to figure out, you know, do I really want people to ask me questions? Do I really want to put my face out there? Do I know what people are going to ask? You know, all of those kinds of things were going on. And yet I wanted to do it because I understood uh, that during COVID, here was a chance for us to connect authentically with people, to discuss the things that people never want to talk about. I mean, we've had episodes about why men should cry, to episodes about period poverty, to episodes about anxiety. You know, it, it, it runs the gamut as long as we're not talking about religion and um, on politics, we stay away from those areas. But people want to listen to those things and participate. And there was an episode we did on imposter syndrome, the number of people who have come back to say, oh, Oh, I'm so glad you talked about that because I suffer from it. The truth is we all suffer from it. At some point in time in our lives, we have suffered from it. 
women seem to talk about it more than men. Men were sort of, you know, that's not, that's not what is really happening to me, but if you know the details, you know what's going on. But those are the kinds of topics that I wanted to do because it connects us on a humanistic level and that's the hook. I mean, here we are today talking about the entrepreneurial spirit. We're talking about our fears. We're talking about, I don't want to use the word fear, but we're talking about our failures, our successes, um, how we started our businesses. People are listening and connecting. And somewhere down the line, somebody is going to say, you know what, it's time for me to get on with it. Rather than sitting back planning things, you know, when you're planning the right time to do it, you're not really an entrepreneur because if you can just go with it, with what you have, you'll be amazed what you can build. So I think for me, brand telling is, is the hook, it's the why, it's the intention of what you're doing. And for many of us, um, I think all of us on here grew up in a culture of um, storytelling, you know, storytelling, oral storytelling to be exact. And it's, I think digital platforms and have sort of helped us to continue to tell that story. Um, and to use that as a way to increase the visibility of our businesses and connect with others um, across across seas. And so it's a hook. It is the hook. Yeah. And it's a natural for many of us. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, it's an interesting story I've heard from everyone here today. Uh, maybe it's uh, very, very inspiring uh, what you've shared as well. I was just going to ask you personally how you transited, how you made that transition from nine to five to uh, um, running your own business. It's a dilemma for many who uh, perhaps are not courageous enough to face that change, and you know they don't know what what will happen. And it's more reliable doing something that you are sure we get paid. You get paid at the end of the month. How do you take that bold step? Um, well, when I was in IT. I realized that I didn't really enjoy fixing computers firstly, and I never got to see my kids. Um, my, when I started a business, my son was, I think, seven, and my daughter was two. I mean, my son's now 20, no, my son was about five, and my son's 27 now. And I think I just took that decision, one, because the job I was in, I was being made redundant. And two, you know, I was speaking to someone earlier on, you know, when you're an entrepreneur and you love doing your own thing, you don't always want to be told what to do. You know, let's be honest, you know, you've, you've just got this thing in your mind and this is your dream and this is your vision and this is your passion. And I just went with that. So I just took that opportunity when they said, oh, we're making you redundant from a job. When I, I didn't cry, I was like, oh, this is good. This gives me an escape route to start what I want to do. So I kind of did it based on that. And I also based it on the fact that I wanted to spend more time with my children. And I remember my daughter, you know, she's 22 now. And about six years ago, she said something to me. She said, mom, I'm so happy that you took the decision to do business because I remember I couldn't always be at the school gates, you know, speaking to the mums all the time, you know, 10, 15 minutes, I'll drop her off and then I'm dashing off, you know, and she, before she used to find that a problem, but she's like, mum, when I think about it now, it's made me so independent and made me be such a, a good person or a better person. So going back to your question, it was just more based on me just having a passion and wanting to do something, enjoying helping people, talking to people and being a woman, being a black woman, you know, I just experienced so much face so much racism you know being black then being a woman and every time I kept getting doors shut in my face when I was starting a business the more I wanted to go no I'm going to do this I'm going to do this you know and that's when I started getting all these attractions and one day someone said to me oh do you want to speak at business 2012 with Richard Branson and I said who me maybe Samantha Richard Branson why would I want to be why would someone want me to be on the same stage as him how how you know, and then that's when I just started realizing myself a bit like the imposter syndrome that you was talking about. No, I am someone I can get there and I will do it. And I just said, you know, business is for me. Nine to five is not for me. And I just took that big risk. And, you know, I'm here 22 years later. It's not been easy. We know. And, and I think some of the things that all of you have pointed out as well, it's nice to be in a network with people who understand, because when you're in business and things are going wrong, 
people don't understand and it's such a lonely world you know I just remember being up some sleepless nights I remember one time I lost so much money and I was sitting up at night and I actually felt I was like losing my mind because it was just so much pressure and when my colleague died after 10 years you know working with her it took me into a depression but what I remember clearly was that I got support who really wanted to support me so going back to your question I just did it I took the risk whether it was calculated or you know not I don't have any regrets and I think that's the thing as well I never I don't think I wanted to stay in that nine to five job I want to help people I'm helping people around the world I'm making a difference I'm being a role model it's not easy but I love it and it's something that I'll continue to do I'm still on a mission to become the first black woman in a black and dragon's den as a dragon that's something I'm dreaming of when I'm older but, you know, it's just something that's in my body and I just have to do it, you know, and I know that I can with support and help of, of, of so many people that I can relate to. Fantastic. By the way, can I say know- something very quickly, Nifemi, because she really brought up a point about work and job. Uh, and, and that's the difference when you're an entrepreneur, it's your work. It's not your job. It's your work. And so your passion and your intention comes through that much louder and Mm. thank you for saying that because um, more people need to understand that you can go to a job and have you know um, remuneration security that's what you're getting but uh, it's not work it's a job you know you're you're being paid to execute certain duties and once you do that you know you earn your pay and you get on with your life but when you're an entrepreneur it's like a blank canvas you're drawing, you're painting, you're splattering things, you're cutting it up into pieces and adding new colors. And, and it's just brilliant. It's like a masterpiece that you're creating when you're an entrepreneur. And um, the spirit is much bolder and, and it comes through, it shines through. You begin to think about how you want to represent yourself physically. You know, do I want to wear gilly because it makes me different? Or do you want to wear very striking, constructive clothes like Andy does? You know, you could have a conversation with Andy about his clothes. And then at the end of the day, you would say, how can we be? Oh, you know, and you're like, oh, yes, I've walked into that one. You know, but it's the things that we do to express ourselves. <laughs> you're laughing. but well, I've seen it happen with you, Andy. People start talking to you about a shirt or a jacket, and then they're off into something else. And then you bring them back and say, how can we help you? Or how can I help you? That's it, you know. But I, <laughs> he's laughing because I watched him over three weeks pull this off. But um, I think we, you, you just become so much of yourself. You know, I look at um, Kevin who walks around at Batura with a t-shirt that says commander and, and you can see him in action as the commander at Batura um, who just seems to know that it, things are going to go well and this vision is going to work for me and people are believe in it and are experiencing it you have to come to Batura anytime you're in Nigeria and you know many evenings I would sit there and wonder so what exactly is it it's not about beer it's about an energy there's an energy there's a vibe that he's created at Batura and that's what they're marketing that's their brand you know and and people will come for that so um, it's about your work. It really is about the work that you want to do as an entrepreneur, because that is your legacy. You can do a job, but when you walk away from the job, you're the former person who was there and somebody takes takes it over. But when you build your brand and you tell the story of your brand through your actions, through the work that you do is much more powerful. I believe it is. But I'm biased because I'm one. <laughs> Now that you've talked about Andy's branding, perhaps Andy can briefly talk to us about um, marketing Mm -hmm. yourself like a professional. (laughs) Um, Good, good, good question. I think that, I think to to bridge that question, and and just to to follow from what everyone has uh, said with with Mavis and, and Dr. Abba, I think that Everything comes from inside us and ultimately everything is a choice. Everything is a decision, right? And if we break that down, I like to just simplify things. You've got fear on one side, which we all feel, all right? 
And a lot of people on the outside think, oh, you're entrepreneur, you do this, you're not afraid. No, we actually do feel the fear, right? And on the other side is faith. So fear, my best definition of fear is false evidence appearing real, all right? And faith is the opposite side of that. So we can go and, and we, we have to give a, like Mavis said, she's, she's, she's been invited to speak on the same stage as, as Richard Branson. She now has a decision. I'm not gonna do this, I'm not gonna be able to pull this through. It's not gonna happen. Fear, false evidence of being real or faith. I'm gonna step on that stage. I'm gonna be the best thing that this, that anyone's ever seen, right? Choice. So ultimately, I think that when it comes to, so bridging this, when it comes to the decisions we make, we, we really have one of two decisions to make. And the, the fear we feel, we have to learn to dance with that because we're going to feel it is there for a reason, but ultimately it, it, there's no evidence to support it. There's no evidence to say that Mavis getting on stage is, is she's not gonna work. So actually she might as well pivot and say, I'm gonna be the best thing on stage. And hence she made that decision and, and this is where she is today. So that sort of just bridges everything. Now, in, in terms of branding, I always say that it's, it's, it, it, branding is communication. It's all about being authentic, right? You are your best self when you are you and you're your worst self when you are trying to emulate or be somebody else. So our branding, our personal branding, our business branding has got to come from an authentic place of us being of, of, of us of us of, of us looking at a way to 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 personify our ourselves and i think that that's perhaps the simplest i'm trying to keep everything short the simplest um view or version of of, of, of what our what i what our branding ought to be in my view absolutely we have to go now, ladies and gentlemen, but I'd like to hear from Kevin and ask everyone to give their final thoughts on this conversation. Kevin, you've been doing business. You, you said you moved to Lagos in, uh, during the pandemic. I'm not sure I got that quite all right. And that's a fantastic uh, development given how businesses have shut down, especially during the lockdown and um, post-COVID realities bedeviling many startups. Uh, talk to us about the, the few lessons of Lent and perhaps something that can help an entrepreneur listening right now. Um, yeah, look, it is tough generally running your own business. Um, and my experience over the last uh, two years is that as the business is growing, I sometimes feel like I'm running three or four or five different businesses. So we have a production line, manufacturing line uh, that makes the beer. We have our sales team who go off and sell it to multiple bars. We have our front of house team, like a vineyard or like um, wine tasting who will run the bar and the grill. And beneath them, there's a kitchen team and the bar team. And then you've got now human resources and then admin and the finance department. So for me, I think this has been a real, a real challenge is, you know, going from doing it all yourself and believing you're the best person to do it to finding people who can do it better than you. And I think that's um, my ultimate goal now as the CEO and the managing director to find people who can do things better than I can. And in some cases, you'll find someone who can do it only 80% as good as you could, but that's, you know, that's good enough to bring them on board and hope that they will get to that 100%. And um, to give you an example, our brew team now is, uh, we have Bio who, who um, is a brew master. He heads up the brew team. He's now supported internationally by um, a South African brewer who's built a number of breweries worldwide. So we've got that great pairing of some longer term international experience uh, with, you know, the local knowledge of um, producing in, in a small business and what we're doing. Our finance department, we're upscaling. So I would say that my key advice would be find good people who can run departments better than you can, if possible. Um, and then that should allow you to focus on those areas of of the strategy and also building the brand and selling the brand as well. I think uh, just as a more bespoke bit of challenge, given the current climate, you know, we're looking at increased cost of goods, increased uh, energy costs, and um, and uh, just basically making it harder to do business. 
Uh, so for us, we're, we're being very, very responsive and uh, going through exercises almost monthly or quarterly to look at our cost of goods. How can we maintain the same quality, but work with different suppliers or consolidate suppliers? Um, and then also changing our prices quite quickly as well um, to reflect you know, the inflation and other issues. So two bits of advice. One, strategic, find good people. Secondly, you know, change and adapt uh, quickly as you can when you're seeing the environment change around you. Let's do like a one minute wrap up of what would be your take home from this conversation and perhaps the thoughts that you left out when you were speaking earlier. One of the things that I actually take from it, because when when I moved here in England, um, I moved 23 years ago, it was hard for me as a foreigner, as a woman and young girl to actually be taken seriously. And it's actually good to see that it's not just as a foreigner that we go through those struggles, but um, it goes way beyond that because the amount of time I was asked, are you going back home or are you, you know, uh, is your English good enough? Um, I never let that stop me and I let that be my motivator. But the struggle moving here away from everything that was safe uh, and on top of that, being an entrepreneur was the hardest thing I ever had to do in my life. And there were times where aside of the normal entrepreneur's doubts, you had all sorts of things that come with being completely away from your own country. What I'm taking from today is that all of us have the same fears for different reasons. All of us kind of, you know, and I love actually what Andy said about uh, fears and faith. And I will take that. Um, I might I might use it in the future. And I would like to thank actually all of you for sharing your story today, because personally, it did help me with my own fears, in, in a sense, and uh, imposter syndrome uh, at times. So thank you very much. Hi, um, I just yeah, want to say thanks for everyone sharing. I mean, it's quite it's quite funny because I mean, I know Antonella for a long time. I've met Andy not too long ago. I met Dr. Amma this week and we all have like a common theme. And I think it's nice to just have those conversations where you can feel free to talk about the good and the challenging and come up with ideas. And I think that is something that we as entrepreneurs don't normally do because it's this thing, as you said, the front, oh yeah, it's all okay, it's all okay. But it's not all okay every day. And I think with everything that's gone on with the COVID and everything else, people are becoming more open about their situation, whether it's in their personal life or their mental health or their business. You know, you can say something, oh no, it's not going well and they're not gonna look at you really strange. So I think what I've picked up today is that we need to keep having such conversations because that's gonna get us to where we wanna get to and we can hold each other's hand. And I think that's important, being able to hold each other's hand and go, right, we're gonna do this, let's keep marching. Yeah, you fall down, get back up, let's go. And I think that's what this has kind of brought me, this, this has been a good conversation today. And I think it's something that I would love to continue doing of us growing together and holding hands together. John, did you hear that? Maybe it's returning. Andy, let's hear from you. <laughs> no, I just was saying that it's it's such an honor. Um, I started off really thanking everyone, and 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 really this is this this I I've got to echo that that it's it's such an honor to be amongst such august and the you know, entrepreneurial road is a lonely road, you know. So sharing our stories and understanding that actually, you know, God, you feel that too. That happens to you. Um, really gives us gives 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 us that 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 tribe mentality that that, that I I think that we're missing in in, in today's world. We're, we're we're very much becoming that individual about me me me. And I think that we 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 forget that our purpose is really to interact and be with each other and and learn and grow from each other. Ultimately, from my experiences, um, something to share. I think just start. Anyone who's thinking about it there's such a thing as overthinking about it if you overthink anything you won't do it right so th th there's never the perfect time to do it there's never the perfect amount of money there's never the perfect age those things don't exist nothing is perfection right um so i use the iteration of of, of the iphone right <laughs> most people are on an iphone of some sort and i think we're probably on an I don't know, I, I've stopped using the iPhone myself, but I think we're probably on iPhone 13 or something, right? 
So when the iPhone came out 13 iterations ago, it was the best thing ever, right? Um, but it's just got better and better and better. So the notion that that you think I have to wait for the right time, the right moment, I have to have the right contact, I have to have, all of that is absolute nonsense. Just start, start with the idea and you will pivot and just start and just get your consistency. And I think that that's also what we do as entrepreneurs. Sometimes we have no idea what the next thing is gonna look like, but we just keep pushing. And as long as you keep pushing, you will get there and, and ultimately, uh, fantastic, Andy. There's actually 14 Pro Max now, and um, iPhone 15 might be coming out very soon. This iPhone 15, <laughs> there we go. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that, that's my point. Point in case. <laughs> that's the other. Well, you know, I, here, for me, um, as I listened to everyone, three points came to mind. One, the importance of encouraging entrepreneurs at a very young age. You know, you have young people who want to, who think outside the box, want to be outside the box and have fantastic ideas, but we, we don't teach these things. We don't expose them to these things. And I think it's necessary for us to, to do that. And entrepreneurs should lead the way by, by speaking more about the experience. You know, everyone has said it's hard, it's lonely, it's difficult, the sleepless nights, they're not taking holidays. You can forget about a holiday. I, I don't know who has taken a holiday here. And I certainly haven't taken a holiday in more years than I care to admit. But I love when people think I'm on holiday because I've traveled and I say holiday. I am working even harder than when I am in a base or a particular location. So give up the holidays. If you're looking for a holiday at a certain time of the year, then you need to get a job. But if you want to be an entrepreneur <laughs> and, and do something that's incredible, that's fulfilling, that is innovative, and you leave your mark and, and you make a change in all of those things, then you have to give up something and you do give up something, but it does pay off. And that deep sense of fulfillment <clears throat> is, is just in, invaluable, it's immense. And that's what I go for. Um, it's also important, and I think we've all mentioned this, holding hands, having support. One of the things I teach my clients is to get your board of directors. Identify the people who are going to stand behind you, whether they're helping you with getting financing or helping you with creating your branding or just being there to hold your hand. Just get those board of directors or trustees, whatever you want to call them. But they need to know that you're coming to them for this reason. This is what they're going to do for you when necessary. And you call on them and, and be honest and be authentic about what you're experiencing. And, you know, one of the things that I always talk about is psychological safety. We talked about it today. When you're psychologically safe and you have psychological safety, you can speak authentically. You can be authentic. You can go through failure and say, well, that didn't work. Now, what can I learn from that experience? And no one is going to punish you, ridicule you. And if they do, then they, they really don't understand the spirit of being an entrepreneur. And I do hope that we will continue to do more of this because I think there are more entrepreneurs than we actually um, think about. I think about the youth. I mean, I am currently in Nigeria. Yes, I'm back in Nigeria. And if I always wants to know where I am. So I just told you. Um, and I think about the 36 million youth in this country who have fantastic ideas, creative ideas. And yet what they're looking for is a platform, a way to showcase what they know, what they like, what they see, that their vision. And we have to find a way to support them. You know, can they go to VCs and angel, angel funds and all of this? Probably not, but there's got to be another way for them to actualize that dream and that will propel them onto the onto the next stage so those are my three key points that we we need to have those and they're essential for us as entrepreneurs when we can be ourselves and be authentic and um, do the work do the work not do the job do the work thank you, thank you. and thank you everyone who has joined this uh, podcast you forgot kevin does kevin want to say anything before we go I definitely don't want the, the last word, um, but I think it's been great to learn from everyone on the on the panel today. 
Um, and I think it can be a lonely road. And even this this chat with everyone now has made made me be a bit less insular and a bit less feel under pressure just being able to talk about doing business. And I will leave here, uh, I think, with the view that I should get a mentor to help me along this journey. So thank you, Doctor. Thank you. Thank you. By the way, female entrepreneurs are leading the way. The uh, the British business group Nigeria, chaired by Dr. Tava, for instance, started as a men-only organization, but now has about 50% women in its committee. So shout out to the female entrepreneurs who joined us today, Antonella, Dr. Amma, Mavins. I'm so inspired by your story. Thank you so much for finding time to share. Andy, it's good hearing uh, from you. And Kevin, hopefully we're going to be back at Baturi to record one of the episodes of this um, podcast. At the time, I'm always looking forward to, you know, the Baturi experience. A big thank you, everyone, <laughs> for being on. Uh, we're looking forward to engage you in our subsequent podcasts. I'm Nifem It's goodbye for now. This has been a Thinking Reimagined podcast. The executive producer is Dr. Amma. Co-producer Peter Amon Boyle. And it is moderated by Nifemi Okuntoye. The podcast is edited by Nelkan and supervised by Dun Sokwa. Thinking Remargined emphasizes the importance of transformational conversations which have as their aim the bringing about of the rich diversity of thoughts and most importantly, powerful and applicable effective solutions and change. The views, opinions and contributions of the panelists are exclusively theirs and do not reflect the opinions of thinking reimagined producers or personnel. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening, listening and we, we hope you have enjoyed, enjoyed this episode. episode. We invite you to subscribe to Thinking Reimagined on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play and other outlets. We look forward to presenting another riveting episode next week. Thinking Reimagined podcast is produced by Live Abundantly. We welcome your thoughts and invite you to visit our website livesabundantly.com or you can follow us on social media on Live Abundantly 8. Thinking, Thinking Reimagined, changing the mindset, the mindset for, for a better, better global, global society. society.